He surprised me. Yeah, yeah. Keep you on your toes. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of a prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It is not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it, e- it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of a child behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. When we shall see face to face, and now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you, Josh. Good morning. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Let me uh, extend an additional welcome to you. If you are... uh, if you're visiting with us, we want you to know that you are our honored guest. We're glad to have you. And uh, I hope you'll give us a chance to get to know you. Um, after worship this morning, we will have a luncheon uh, in here, right? Okay, just making sure. Um, we'll, we'll have lunch in here for visitors, new members, and college students. And so if you fit in one of those categories, or to be honest, even if you don't, they'll still feed you if you go in there. So uh, come by. They, we would like to get to know you, Get a uh, good way to get connected and uh, meet some folks. We are uh, happy that you're here. Um, we're finishing up our, our series, Stronger that uh, we have been working on um, for the last few weeks. Um, we, we culminated this series in our Building Strong Marriages uh, seminar, workshop, whatever you want to call that, that was yesterday. Um, and if you were here, uh, you know that it was, a, it was a blessing for a lot of us. It was a great day. Um, I got a picture if uh, it will get there eventually. Um, there it is. We, we, had, uh, we had quite a number of people here. Um, there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks, a lot more faces that I didn't know than that I did. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, so if you, were, if you didn't make it, um, it's okay. We're gonna, we, we've already talked about uh, when we'll do it again. Um, and so there will be more opportunities because not just this, but other opportunities. We believe that marriage is something that we want to invest in. And so uh, we're going to keep doing things to help build that up because we believe that's important. Um, 
Also on the agenda uh, coming up, if, uh, if you are interested in LTC, that's Leadership Training for Christ, um, that is going to be April the uh, 10th and 11th weekend. Um, that, If you don't know what LTC is, there you can ask some people around. They'll tell you it's uh, a training thing that, that young people do. And it's uh, third grade all the way through seniors in high school. Um, there's all kind of things, just like Josh read scripture this morning. That's one of the things that, that they work on. And so uh, today is the, the day that, that Heather has asked that you finish up the, if you haven't uh, turned in your your form uh, for letting her know that you're going to be a part of that. Turn that in. There's some outside her office. If uh, if you didn't uh, if you didn't get a hold of one of those and you don't know how to do that, hey, just go get one. Write your kid's name down. Write your name down. You may not know what uh, events you want to sign up for. That's okay. You can figure that out later. She just needs to know because she's making plans for that, and you don't want to miss out on that. So, also. Um, Next week, we'll start a new series. Um, We're going to start going through the Gospel of Luke. And uh, we're calling it the table because one of the metaphors that Luke continually comes back to is the table. And, and it's fascinating when you go through Luke and you see how much activity happens at the table. How many of his stories uh, involve the table. And, and how over and over and over the table keeps coming up. Because the Holy Spirit is writing through Luke and giving this picture because he's building towards Acts. When, when the Gentiles will be invited to the table alongside the Jews. And now I'm preaching. So um, we'll do that next week. So if, if you're, if you're uh, wondering where we're going from here, that's, that's what's happening. This week, though, we're finishing up our Stronger series. And we're going to wrap up with 1 Corinthians 13. Because this is the love chapter. Everybody knows this. Um, you know, if you, you go to 1 Corinthians, Corinth was a divided city. Corinth was uh, a city that was was ready for uh, for for hardship, for division. That, that was ready for uh, for for arguments and and fighting. And the church was no different. That carried over to the church. The church in Corinth was divided. It was a group of people who were struggling to figure out how to come together. That um, they, they had all manner of conflicts. Um, for example, worship had become a free-for-all. Basically, what would happen in worship when they would come together in Corinth was everybody had their own idea of how it was supposed to go. And everybody was right, and nobody else was, was right. And so instead of uh, just uh, arguing about that or posting it on social media, everybody would stand up and, and fight with one another, like sometimes physically would become a, a, a battle to see who could get up and speak and, and give their version of the gospel and how things were supposed to be in the church. And it had literally become a battle royal where you had all kind of people jockeying for position. Even, even the Lord's Supper, communion, had become not just a, a, a meal of unity or a remembrance, it had become a competitive picnic. And basically, everybody brought their own food, and, and everybody tried to outdo their neighbor with displays of wealth and affluence, and to the point that, that they, would, they would compete with one another to see who could bring the most elaborate meal 
to the communion table. And to the point that there were even some people in the church who were, who were falling out from hunger while they put on these displays. And in the middle of all these fights, in the middle of all this division, Paul drops 1 Corinthians 13. Now when you get that, it, it's, it's intriguing. Because we like 1 Corinthians 13. We pull this out at weddings. Um, usually you'll hear this preached as we get closer to Valentine's Day. We like, this is our love chapter. We like to talk about this. Um, we like to, to focus in on this, but we don't like to look at it in the context because we don't really know what to do with it. Because if you look at where he puts it, he's putting it right in the middle of his conversation about how to act. About how these people are fighting and how these people are bickering with one another. And, 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 but, but, here he just drops this chapter about love. It's almost like um, it's almost like he's just random. Now Paul is addressing behaviors in this section of 1 Corinthians. And, and so as he's talking about behaviors, he's talking about what you're doing, he drops this chapter about love, and then he goes right back to talking about behaviors. He drops this bomb. And, and then pretends like it's not there. I try not to get on Facebook very often. Um, if, you, uh, if you do, that's fine. I'm not telling you it's sinful, but it always ends up bad for me. Because when I get on Facebook, I end up wandering around. And, and, and you know, I, I, I see the, the, the cat videos and, the, you know, the, the, the random little things that are posted. But then you inevitably get into the stories. And you get into the, 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 the stories of people being killed. You get into the stories of home invasions. You get into the stories about children being abducted. And, and then you get into the stories about Christians being killed uh, beheaded by, by terrorist organizations and you wander around through this and inevitably you come to the place where then there's somebody with all this stuff going on who is correcting somebody else because they're not doing church right. And it always makes me mad. And, and uh, we got all this stuff going on and, and this, is, this is where we get to. That's why I, I don't go on there very often. But I think if Paul was on there, he would drop a 1 Corinthians 13 right in the middle of that. Because that's what's happening. These people are fighting about worship. These people are fighting about how to do things right. And Paul says, hey, love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. Does not dishonor others. You ever get really tore up by somebody? I mean, you know, verbally, not, not physically, but they're, they're, they're just wearing you out. They're just, they're just giving it to you. And they say, now I'm only telling you this because I love you. Paul says love doesn't do that. Love doesn't dishonor others. Love isn't rude. Paul says, I don't know what that is. But it's not love. And you'll hear people use love as an excuse to be mean to one another. And you want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that is your experience and that's what you think love is. But Paul says that's not love. We have this 
convoluted view of love that's come from culture and it's come from our own experiences. And, you know, I challenged you this week, if you got the email, to, to write out, physically write out 1 Corinthians 13. And everywhere it, it said love or some form thereof, uh, to put your name. And some of you, I'm not going to make you raise your hands to see who did it, who didn't. But if, if you did it, it's really intimidating, right? It is for me. Because when I start writing, Jeff is patient, Jeff is kind, that's hard to write with a straight face. Because Jeff's not always patient. Jeff's not always kind. Uh, and, and you see, Jeff doesn't envy. Jeff doesn't boast. Jeff's not proud. Jeff does not dishonor others. And, and if that doesn't convict you how far I am from the mark, I don't know what will. It illustrates how far I am away. And inevitably, I'll have somebody ask, now, where's the realism? Where, where's the realism in that, Jeff? You know, we can't be that. We, 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 have to, we have to tell it like it is. We have to rebuke error. We have to, to do all those things. But could it be that we have such a disconnected view of love that, that we've missed the whole point? See, God tells us that this, 1 Corinthians 13, is what love looks like. And then he goes on later to tell us that God is love. Now do that same exercise. Except instead of your name, put God's name in there. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no records of wrongs. Praise God. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. perseveres. God never fails. See, that's what it's talking about. That's the point. God is love, and love is all these things. That's to, to truly get what Paul is talking about, we've got to look at it in context. And, and so that means we've got to look at how it fits in the Bible. And to really look at that, we're going to have to go back a little bit. So let's go back a little bit. We're going to go back to, to Genesis chapter 1. Yeah, just a little bit. Some of y'all are thinking, Genesis 1, we're never going to get to lunch. I promise you. I'll get you out of here by Tuesday at the latest. Um, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. That first thing there is a gift. Let us make man in our image. You don't have any control over that. God made you the way He made you. The first, the image, is a gift. The second, the likeness, being like God, that's the goal. That's what I'm trying to achieve. I, I want to be more like God. I want to be more in the likeness of God. Being like God is what He's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. He wants me to be more like Him because if you're like God, 
If you live in love, if you live in 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love, then all that stuff in in chapter 12 and chapter 14 on disappears because you're not fighting anymore. Because you're not proud. You're not boastful. You're not dishonoring others. That's the point. We've been talking about stronger. You you want a stronger marriage? You, You love like this. You love like Jesus. You want stronger friendships? You love like Jesus. You want stronger relationships? You love like Jesus. If you want everything in your life to be a little bit better, a little bit sweeter, a little bit more the way God wanted it to be, you want to change the world? You love like Jesus. My first pickup had a bench seat. You remember those? Some of y'all remember those. Well, we didn't have those big consoles in the middle, you know, and, and so you know it, it was it was just a straight seat all the way across, and you could have got the other kind, but we didn't. I didn't pay for that, and and it was that vinyl, you know. We didn't have leather. We didn't have any. It was that 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 cheap vinyl because we didn't pay for the good stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about. And and we didn't have seat belts because that cost extra too, and uh, you know we didn't need that stuff. That was frills. And, and, but, but what was great about that is, is that you, you had that, you had that beauty of, 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 of the CTMB turn. The CTMB turn, you know, when you'd go on a date, you'd try to make as many right turns as you could. Because if I made that right turn hard enough, as many times, it didn't matter how hard she held on to that door, she was going to slide over. Because physics is physics. And that CTMB turn, that, that stands for come to me, baby. Because you hit that CTMB turn and she's going to start sliding. That's, that's the way it was. And you'd always see the boys and the girls cuddled up driving down the road. A little two heads driving one vehicle, right? There's an old preacher story about an elderly couple. And they're driving down the road and they see one of those two-headed trucks in front of them. And the woman says to the man, you remember when we used to ride like that? Remember when we used to be all cuddled up driving down the road? Whatever happened to that? They drive on a few more miles. He says, well, I didn't move. (laughs) I think that's what God is saying to us a lot of times we say how do I get that love how do I how do I how do I get that place Irenaeus uh, one of the early church fathers says it this way through his transcendent love Jesus Christ became what we are so that he might make us what he is That's the purpose of the Christian walk, to be more like Christ. Unfortunately, many of us as human beings, we try to spend our time making Jesus more like us. We want Jesus to say what we say. We want Jesus to do what we do. Instead of us trying to be conformed in His image, we're trying to conform Him to ours. But Jesus says, no, you're supposed to be moving this way. Because I didn't move. Not the other way around. God's calling us, Uh, over to his side 
You want to know why churches keep dividing? You want to know why we have different churches on every corner? Because we have made Jesus over in our own image. We've made Jesus all about salvation. It's all about that moment. And we get into big fights about what the moment of salvation is. When is salvation? And that's all Jesus is about is salvation. But you read the Bible. Jesus is about so much more than salvation. Jesus is about transformation. It's not just about getting saved. It's not just about being rescued. It's about being changed into the image of the living Christ. God says, I didn't move. You're supposed to be sliding this way. He became what we are so that we might become what He is. See, this isn't a find the right pattern do the right things, worship the right way, go to the right church, and you'll be saved kind of religion. This is a become more like Jesus, become more like God, live more like God here, now, as we minister to the people around us. The book of Job tells a fascinating story, and you, you've read this, you know about Job. The, the cosmic bet, you remember the cosmic bet? Where, where God and, and Satan have this bet about Job. Um, it's funny because if you read Job, Satan doesn't bring Job up. God does. God says, you seen my boy Job? That's my man right there. That's my boy. And Satan says, well, sure, because you won't let me touch him. You let me touch him, I, he won't be your boy anymore. See, Satan believes that you're not worthy of relationship with God. That's what he's been about since the beginning. He's been about trying to prove that you're not worthy of relationship with God. Can I suggest this morning that we stop agreeing with him? Because we do. We make his case for him. We stand around and we go, I, I, I have sinned, Jeff. You just don't understand. I can't come to that church because you don't know what I've done. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy. And we're agreeing with the devil. We're saying, I'm not good enough to be in a relationship with God. And Satan says, see, that's what I've been saying from the day one. Let's stop agreeing with him. Let's stop agreeing with Satan and move back on God's side of the car. Remember 1 Corinthians 13? Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. God believes all things. God believes in you. Isn't that cool? God believes in you. And as we move toward Him, despite our, 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 our failings, despite our, our sins, despite our, our, our times of, of, of depression, and our, God is still believing all things. And as we move towards the light, as we move toward relationship with Him, as we move towards transformation, 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't love God doesn't know God because God is love. If you remember God is love, it changes your whole understanding of 1 Corinthians 13. That's the point. Is that love is stronger. 
Love is all that remains. It's a statement that Solomon made way back in the Old Testament. Love is stronger than death. Love is what remains. Think about it. When you, when you go to a funeral, think about all the things that we spend our time on. All the things that are going to be important to you this week. What do you talk about? Man, he sure was good at his job. Man, he sure was a hard worker. Man, he sure did have a nice car or a pretty yard or a fancy house. We don't talk about that stuff. You know what we talk about? We talk about love. We talk about relationships. Because love is what remains. The greatest of these is love. Paul says, you want to have amazing worship? Great, that's a good thing. You want to have uh, a prophecy? You want to speak in tongues? You want to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's wonderful. But none of it matters without love. Because faith is important, hope is important, but the greatest of these is love. Love is what remains. You want stronger relationships, you want stronger faith, you want stronger marriages, you want stronger whatever. Love is the root. If we can get that, if we can be like Him, if we can live like Him, that's what we're called to. Now, there's no shortcuts for this, right? That's the problem Adam and Eve had. Adam and Eve tried to become like God by eating fruit. You remember that? Now, God didn't have any problem with Adam and Eve becoming like him. That's a lie of Satan. Satan told him that God had a problem with that. God never said that. God said, you're going to be in my image. You're going to be in my likeness. God didn't have a problem with Adam and Eve being like him. That's what he wanted. But they tried to take shortcut. We're going to eat some fruit, and that's going to make us like God. Being made in the image of God is a gift. We have no control over that. But being like Him, transformation, that's the goal, and there are no shortcuts. You're not going to find that transformation by, by going to the right church or worshiping in the right way or doing the right things. It's, it's about being remade in the image of God. That's hard work. Faith, hope, and love. That's what matters. But the greatest of these is love. Our salvation, our hope, is based entirely on the unfailing nature of God's love. That love never fails. God wants us to be like Him, and He believes in us. God wants us to hope like Him, and He hopes in us. God wants us to love like Him, and He calls us to share that love with a broken and dying world. Everything else is going to fade away. Everything else is going to be gone one day. But the strongest, what will last, is love. The greatest of these is love. The key to the whole thing, is love. That's the call this morning. If you're struggling with, I'm not good enough, I'm not righteous enough, I'm not worthy enough, that God believes in you. God hopes in you. 
And he doesn't give up. But he hadn't moved. It's time for you to move back to him. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing a song. And, and this is not some kind of altar call where you come and, and, and we do the thing. This is about we want to help you go to God. We, we want to help lift you up and say, God, that this person is at a place where he or she doesn't feel like they can address you on their own. They want help. God says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And where two or more of you come together in my name and ask anything, that there I am also. And that's what we're trying to do right now. So we're going to sing a song. And if, if you need that, come. Come to the love. Let us lift you up in love. Let us have enough faith for all of us right now. That's what we're here for. We believe that prayer is the work of the church, and we want to be about that work. If there's anything else that we can do for you, that's what this call is about. But not just right now. Anytime. Anytime. This church exists to share that love. That's what we're here for. If we can do anything for you this morning, why don't you come right now while together we stand and sing.